Good afternoon, everybody. Merry Christmas. What a delight it is to be gathered together for our annual carol service, to be able to begin Christmas by giving praise and glory to our Saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ, He who was from the beginning and yet would come in human flesh in order to redeem a people who were completely undeserving. Just for the sake of those who maybe haven't been here before, the way it's going to work is throughout the service, there's going to be a variety of readings and singing. If you didn't get one of these, it's just a sort of like sheet of running so that you know where we're going and you can follow along. If you didn't, didn't bring a Bible, there are some available over there that you can follow along with. We'll be using the ESV tonight. And the way it'll work is the reader will just come up and bring the reading and then they'll sit down and we'll just stand up once they're finished doing the reading and launch into our next song and we'll roll our way through the order of service. And a little bit towards the very end, I'll bring a brief message. But I'd like to open up our time with a scripture reading from Isaiah 9, and then I'll pray and we'll get into it. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 2 says the following. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light Shone. And then down to verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can gather together tonight as a family, as friends, and we can sing your praises. We can worship you for sending your one and only Son, that we can read your word and hear the Christmas story read to us. And we do pray that, Lord, as your word is read, that you would bless it to our hearts, that whether in the singing of the songs or in the public reading of your scriptures or, the, or in the preaching of your word, our hearts would worship you and adore you. Lord, we have nothing to give you. We have nothing to offer you, but we simply come with our thanksgiving for all that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, come, let's worship God.
Good evening all. Our first reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and I'll be reading from verse 26 to 45. And for those of you who have the Church Bible, it's on page 803. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary visits Elizabeth. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading from his word.
Our next reading is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. My soul magnifies the Lord. Oh, sorry. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. In the last verse, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Evening all. 
I know I don't look like Rob Darby. I'm just the darker vision. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, reading uh, Matthew chapter 1, and I'll be reading from verses 18 to 25. The birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to the son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen.
We're continuing our reading in Luke 2, and that's on page 105, in case any of you have lost it, uh, from verse 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen.
All right, I will continue our reading um, in Luke 2, verse 21 to 38. And so, and at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And, si and Simeon blessed him and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through his, your own soul also. So the thoughts from many may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years, from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow, until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God, and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Amen.
Please turn with me, brothers and sisters, to the book of Matthew. And we'll be reading chapter 2, um, verses 1 to verse 23. <clears throat> and it's headed in my Bible, The Visit of the Wise Men. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream, not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is, the, is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem, in all that region who were two years old and under. According to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children, she, she refused to be comforted, because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in, a, Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And when he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. May the Lord bless his word.
Well, I'd like to point your attention this evening briefly just to Luke chapter 1 and two splendid little verses there. Luke chapter 1, we read it, verse 32 and 33, which is the angel declaring to Mary about this son. Verse 31, he says, behold, and then in verse 32, he says, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word that we've read, not just these two verses, but this whole story, and, and these songs which, for many of us, bring back years of Christmases, years of celebrations of your goodness, in giving us the Lord Jesus Christ. And this evening, Lord, this afternoon, as we spend just a little bit of time thinking about these two verses, we do pray that you would encourage our hearts, that you would feed us by your word, that we might have eyes to behold the great lover of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we just sung the following words, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. It's not very Christmassy, is it? Especially when you carry on, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, no th nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. It's actually a song all about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somewhere along the line it became a Christmas carol, probably because it said, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Which makes a lot of sense, right? And now it's one of those things that's just indefinitely known as a Christmas carol. But it is actually a very fitting Christmas carol. For the very reason of what the angel said to Mary. Your king has come. Behold. Now that's a very important word, behold. It means look, see, pay attention, notice. Don't miss out on this. And I want you to appreciate that as we get to verse 32 and verse 33... That behold comes from God himself. It doesn't come from a preacher. It doesn't come from a prophet. It doesn't come from a priest. It doesn't come from a king. It comes from God. Because God sent Gabriel, didn't he? 
the Gabriel angel went with God's message, not with his own message. You know, Gabriel didn't one day wake up and go, you know, I should probably go tell everyone about Jesus. That would be a great idea. No, he went because the angels do the will of our Father in heaven perfectly. And so he did. And so this comes with the full authority and truthfulness of God himself. You can trust this, brothers and sisters. No matter what everyone else tells you about Christmas, whatever this angel is about to declare to us in verse 32 and verse 33, it's emphatically true. Emphatically true. And he tells us several things. I want to point out to you five. Five brief things in these two verses. Firstly, the angel declares, he will be great. Now, you can use great in a bunch of different ways, right? Like when someone does, someone does something bad, like spills the milk, you might say, oh, that's great. That's not what the angel means. But more importantly, who says it really matters. You know, when I, when I preach and my six-year-old comes up to me and says, Dad, you're a great preacher. I mean, that's lovely, but it doesn't mean a whole lot, right? It's not like she's got years of experience of uh, critiquing preachers and bringing a valued judgment comparison to other people. You know, and, and if, if a teenager says it, it means a bit more than a six-year-old, but still, you know, quality standards aren't the highest yet at this point. But what would it be like if Spurgeon rose from the dead and sat in here one Sunday and said, Logan, you're a great preacher? That would mean quite a lot. I'd be like, wow, from Spurgeon, that's significant. What if God said it? Now, this has got nothing to do with preaching, right? But it's, it's an illustration to help you understand the significance of the fact that God, the God, says of this child, he is great. Now, what's incredibly profound about that is that God, there's no one greater than God, right? So how can God say of another being, you're great? Because this child is God, right? And so God, in that one word, this child will be great, is declaring emphatically the full divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is no question as to whether he's God. Because if God declared him to be great, either the angel is a liar or he's God, there is no third option. So firstly, notice the greatness of our Savior. Secondly, let me point you to what he will be called. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Now, we're very used to talking about um, the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, right? That, that's very normal language for us. If you've been in the church for any period of time, you're, you're very used to talking about that. But can you imagine what it must have been like for Mary to hear the angel 
Gabriel come on behalf of God and say, by the way, he's going to be not just a son like all the Jews are sons, but the son of the most high God. Who gets that title? Jesus does. Because he's a part of the Godhead. Dwelling forever with the Father. In perfect unity. Three in one. One in three. And you know the, you know the beautiful thing about this? Is, is that this angel comes down and he declares from God that this child is the son of God. And you know the amazing thing is because the son of God came, you and I get to be sons of God. You get to be adopted into the household of God, into the family of God. You get to become one of his children because the son came down to save sinners like you and me. So he will be called the son of the most high. What's really precious about that is you get to call him that. It's an invitation, isn't it? It's an invitation to call him the son of God. It's not assumed Everyone will, and, and not everyone will. However, one day every knee will bow, right? One day every tongue will confess that he is Lord and acknowledge that he is truly the Son of God. Notice thirdly with me, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will, he will ascend to the Davidic kingdom. Remember that promise in 2 Samuel 7 where the Lord declares to David that, that he will give him a throne and a house, that he will build him a house that will last forever, that will never end, and that he will set one of his sons upon the throne forever. This is him. This is the fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7. He will sit upon his father's throne. But notice who gives it to him. It's not King Herod, is it? I mean, we've heard about King Herod trying to kill all the children. It's not King Herod. He's not anointed by a prophet like David. He's not descended immediately like Solomon. He's not anointed like Jehu to the house of Israel. No, no. God himself, the Lord God, anoints him king over the house of David. So who can dethrone him, brothers and sisters? I mean, this, this world might try. But who has the authority to dethrone one who has been enthroned by the Lord our God? No one. He is the king. He is the Davidic king. But, but notice the goes further. Verse 33, he, that is the Lord God, will give to him, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Now, why is this significant? Because you think to yourself, well, yeah, but David's from Judah and Judah's from Jacob. So why do we need to get this repeated twice? Why David and then Jacob? Well, the gospel writer here is using the house of Jacob 
as a metonym, using one thing in place of another thing. He's using it in the sense of the people of God. Because Jacob, from Jacob comes who? The 12 tribes of Israel. And they had been splintered asunder. But in Jesus Christ, they would be reconciled together under one king. But not just the Jews, right? But Gentiles too. And so in this is a picture of the fact that in this baby, in this child, all peoples would be gathered together. All people would be saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice one more thing. Fifthly. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. His kingdom will have no end. See, he he doesn't just have a a name. He isn't just great. He doesn't just have a, a throne. He hasn't just been called the son. He isn't just like the king over the house of Israel and the people of God. But he is king of kings and lord of lords. Because when he says it will have no end, you can understand this one of two ways. And I think the answer is both. And that is, it will have no end in duration. Because when he's raised from the dead, he will never die again, correct? And no one can dethrone him, so he will forever be king. But it's not just no end in duration, but it's no end in the sense of filling. There's nowhere nowhere in the cosmos, nowhere in the universe, there's nowhere on the earth, there is nowhere where any image bearer of God stands that he is not king of. There is no kingdom which is not under the authority of this child. There is no government, there is no power, there is no people that do not ultimately owe their allegiance and praise and honor, and being to the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to establish his authority. He came to be crowned. But how did he do it? Well, he received a crown by being crowned with thorns, right? He received a name by being named among sinners. He received a reign by being reigned over by the principalities of this world. He came and he died. But what does Jesus say at the end of his days upon this earth? Physically. At the end of his incarnation period before his ascension. Matthew 28. Do you remember those wonderful words? All authority and power has been given to me. I have been crowned. That's why we sing crown him. Crown him. Lord of all, right? That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because we don't have a baby. We have a king who sits upon the throne. And, and there's just two 
really simple applications for you all here this evening. Number one, is he your king? Well, the answer to that question is yes. Whether you want him to be or not, the answer is yes. But the real question I'm asking is, will you willingly have him as your king now? Or be forced to have him as your king at the end of your life? When he returns in power. And the second application for those of you who willingly bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who love him, who, who hope and wait for his appearing. Who look forward to the day when you will see him coming on the clouds, enthroned in glory and praise. Worship him. And live for him. He is your king. Be his subject. Be his people. And enter into the joy of your master. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we do have a king. And that this Christmas, we celebrate a king who is upon a throne. Upon the throne. And we pray, Lord, that this Christmas you would cause many knees to bow. We think of family. We think of friends. We think of loved ones. We think of this nation with people who hate him. People who will gather around Christmas trees with nativity scenes hanging in them. Ignorant of what they truly mean. People that will sing Christmas carols with Mariah Carey with hearts as cold as stone. Lord, be merciful upon them. Give them eyes to see that they might worship you and love you. That they too might long for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. Well, let's sing again, and then I'll ask you to stay standing, and I'll give you a blessing. Let's stand.
Well, as you leave from here today, do so with the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ upon you. Now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, now and forevermore. Amen. We wish you a Merry Christmas.